Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. I'm Gail Manasco, and today we are talking about experiencing an African safari at Kruger National Park in South Africa. Now, not all African safaris have to cost an arm and a leg. You can fly to South Africa, rent a car, and drive to the park and enjoy the park at your own leisure. Imagine spending a day at an African watering hole, listening to hippos and watching real nature in front of you. When you decide to move to the next spot, you might come across an elephant on the side of the road. And this is your adventure. You can stay and watch and take it in. This is not a zoo. And you can be in the heart of these wild animals while only paying for cheap lodging, camping, and a park pass. But today, we'll be talking to Simone Paddock about her experience in Kruger National Park and learn how to make this experience happen. So we're talking with Simone Paddock today uh, about experiencing Kruger National Park in South Africa. So hi, Simone. Hi, Gail. <laughs> so can you just Paint the experience of going to Kruger National Park in South Africa. Yes. So um, I was there last May and I was driving through um, the park in a overlanding vehicle, which is a um, basically a four by four vehicle with a camping rig on top. And the experience really is one of immersion into um, the wildlife experience of Africa. And it's, imagine if you're um, getting up in the morning and you're driving out into the African bush, which is sort of like the outback, as an example. Mm -hmm. And you're driving very slowly and all of a sudden you have this tiny baby elephants that jumps out into the road, sort of coming um, out of the mist into the road and it's swinging its little trunk and it's running after its mom and you stop your car and you just kind of watch. And, and then you notice all of a sudden that Papa Elephant <laughs> is on the side of the road and he's munching on a bush and he's sort of watching you. And you realize all of a sudden that you're completely enveloped into this other world and that you're in their world. And it's a, it's a very magical, mystical experience of all of a sudden being given access to, to these amazing animals. Um, and I feel so privileged to have had the experience of seeing them and being able to spend time with them. And this is just one example. There were so many other animals that I saw along the way. Um, everything from giraffe, 
and crocodiles and hippos and hyenas wow. and um, yeah, I mean, it was just uh, basically nine days of nonstop animal sightings. So um, what were the animals that you wanted to see? I mainly wanted to see elephants. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to see a rhino, um, which I didn't. I wanted to see lions. I wanted to see hippos, you know, sort of the iconic African uh -huh. animals. Um, and I did see a lot of them, for sure. I saw a ton of animals. So the elephant was your favorite animal. What kind of mm -hmm. elephants are these? So these are just your African elephants. They come in all different sizes. Literally, we saw some families that were, you know, fairly small. And then we came across some lone bulls and they were huge. They were like 10, 15 feet tall at the shoulder. Um, just massive animals with huge tusks. Um, and they sometimes they're uh, far away from their actual um, herd because they're sort of on the outskirts. They're not actually... Um, very much enveloped in the entire herd of like uh, females and uh, baby elephants. So the females are trying to keep the baby elephants together and keep the bulls away. So you were driving through this park. Was mm -hmm. there a guide? Did you have a, a an audio player? Like how how did you know where to go and what to look at? So I had my trusty um, Lonely Planet book with me. Right. which was a great intro, but um, I highly recommend purchasing sort of the Kruger Park map that has very detailed maps of the geography and the roads and also tells you exactly what kind of animals to expect to see. Mm -hmm. And that was the invaluable guide that we had into the park. Um, because You can take some guided tours. Mm -hmm. You can also take um, night drives. But generally, Kruger National Park is very much geared towards self-driving mm -hmm. and um, really just exploring on your own, which is what makes this extraordinary as a national park in Africa, where there's just so much wildlife everywhere and that you have that opportunity to be inside of a park on your own and go at your own pace. So if you come across, you know, a, a giant herd of um, elephants or um, buffalo that you can actually stop and just sit and just soak up the experience. So can you get out of the car or is it just recommended to stay in the car? <laughs> yeah, they actually, they will find you if you, if they find you getting out of your car. Wow. Okay. They know that you are not top of the food chain. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> and you actually, um, yeah, they urge you to please stay inside the car. So you are inside your car for, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. Um, and there's a couple of few rest stops and there's rest camps along the way that you can stop and get out and stretch and whatnot. But um, it's certainly uh, a driving experience mostly. Mm-hmm. How, how many days should you give yourself to explore this park? So I took nine days um, and I literally entered from the very bottom of the park, which is, by the way, seven and a half thousand square miles. Wow. So it's massive. Um, and I drove all the way up 
pretty much in a straight line to the very top of the park. And I would say um, I was pressed for time. So I would suggest if anybody really wanted to have that experience to take a good two weeks so that you can stay in certain places that you love and just spend like two or three days. Because the more time you have to actually go to a water hole and stake it out for half an hour or an hour, Mm-hmm. Your chances of seeing extraordinary wildlife and having those experiences is so much increased than if you're just trying to make it from one, you know, rest camp to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning that the rest camps, um, you have to be inside of them by six o'clock in the evening. And then they open again at six in the morning. It's to keep the animals out and to keep the tourists in. And um, you really have no choice. You have to be in inside the the camps for, you know, half of the day. So the rest camps, uh, so you could camp in your vehicle inside Mm -hmm. a rest camp. Mm -hmm. Do they also have uh, other lodging available inside the rest camp? Yeah, yeah. They have like, um, like little huts that they rent out. Some have actual big lodges, mm-hmm. sort of almost like hotels, um, and then other camps. And we saw, we actually stayed in a couple of them. Um, they're fairly wild. So they're, it's really mostly camping. And they're, they're called the rustic camps. Uh-huh. And they are an experience all of their own. Um, and I highly actually recommend trying to um, stay in a rustic camp where you are so much closer to the wildlife. So, for example, I had an experience of when we stayed in the rustic camp that the hyenas were just outside the the fence and just running along the fence, basically. And, uh, yeah, one night, uh, you know, we were just sitting and having, having some cocktails with our neighbors. There's this hyena who would come by and I would get close to the fence and... I was literally like two feet away from it. And uh, it's amazing. They're amazing animals. You know, it's as close as you can get. So what about food, bathroom? How do, how do you handle the food? Do you have to bring food with you for two weeks? Can you purchase food at these camps? You can purchase food. They have restaurants mm-hmm. and they have grocery stores. It's recommended that you bring some food in because it's slim pickings mm-hmm. and the store hours are fairly short. Um, the restaurant hours are not very long either, so it's good to have your own provisions for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the food isn't great. It's more like fast foody type. Every so often, depending on the camp, you come across a decent restaurant. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say that the food's a highlight of the park. Right. Um, yeah. And the average cost, like if you're going to spend the night in your van at the at the rest camps or if you... If you get like a hotel, like lodging room mm-hmm. or a rustic cabin, what what are you looking at cost wise? So the um, camping spots are roughly, I would say about twenty to thirty dollars US dollars per night. Okay, fairly um, cheap. If you go for a cabin, it's more in the ninety to a hundred dollars. Okay. Um, and bathrooms. Do they have bathrooms? There's bathrooms. Showers? There's showers. Oh, right. Okay. Hey, I'm just checking down the list. It's all there. No, they have, they have like, there's stops along the way between camps mm-hmm. that are basically designated uh, 
you know, you can get out of your car. They won't find you there. Mm -hmm. um, it's just that you get out of the car at your own risk. Got it. Why, why should you go? You can see all these amazing animals, but why did you go? Why, why should everyone have this experience? Well, I think most of all, the experience of seeing animals that are so endangered um, and knowing that there's so few of them left certainly makes it an experience that you want to have in your lifetime. Because in the next, for the next generation, it, they may not be around anymore. The chances that they're not around is pretty good. So I mostly went because my parents lived in South Africa in the late 50s and early 60s. Mm -hmm. And they filled the house with, you know, drums and masks and... Um, trinkets and even like a zebra skin was on the wall of our living room wow. and I grew up in this environment of just completely saturated with Africa and I wanted to see it for myself I wanted to know what it was like to be so taken and so fascinated by a place and a culture and everything that comes with it and I think my expectations were that it was going to be slightly different just from, I expected there to be more animals. I saw a lot, but there were a few that I didn't see that I expected to see. What did you not see? So I didn't see a single rhino. No rhinos. No rhinos. I saw no cheetahs. I saw one lion. Okay. And only sort of peekaboo through a couple of bushes. Um, I saw no leopards. Mm -hmm. I saw no African wild dogs. Um, now, should have you been seeing more of these animals or are they really good at hiding? Um, they certainly are really good at hiding, particularly the leopards. And the cheetahs blend extremely well. But... A rhino is a, a huge animal, mm -hmm. and yes, I should have seen that because South Africa has 93% of the world's population of rhinos. Oh, wow. In Kruger National Park alone, there's 12,000 of them. Okay, all right. But still, they're few and far between if you sort of sprinkle it across the entire surface of it. And just knowing how many more there were just 50 years ago, mm -hmm. um, it sort of puts it into perspective. Yeah, so in the mid-70s, mm -hmm. Africa had about 1.5 million elephants. Mm -hmm. Today, it's believed that we have less than 400,000 of them. Oh, that's significant. It's significant. Um, and also considering that 100 of them are being poached every single day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So so what what can we do? Like how how can we help? You can actually be a tourist and Wait, me being a tourist helps the animals? Absolutely. Yes. Tell me more. <laughs> um so tourism is a great stimulant to economy. I mean, I think we all know that. Mm -hmm. But particularly for Africa, um what it does is ecotourism and wildlife conservation tourism um, gives the locals a reason to uh, 
view these animals as assets. And um, once they're assets, they're less likely to poach them and they're more likely to actually protect them. Yeah, it's it actually, it's, it's kind of the best thing that you can do is, is engage in wildlife conservation by actually going to see these animals. Mm -hmm. um, and cougar is a great um, destination for that, probably one of the best in the world. Away is Kruger National Park from Johannesburg. It's about mm, depends on traffic, but about four to six hour drive. Okay, um, not terribly far. You can rent your vehicle and then make it there in like the same day. So, what's the best airport to fly into? It is definitely Johannesburg if you're coming from out of the continent anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, Pretoria also has a big airport, so because it's a, the country's capital, um, so yeah. Either one of those. Now, what's the, when's the best time to go to Kruger National Park? Um, so the best time is in the off-season. And one of the reasons for that is that Kruger National Park gets about 1.3 million visitors a year. Okay, all right. <laughs> so you want to go in the off-season if uh -huh. you can. And the off-season in South Africa is the winter. Um, it's the dry season, and it's from June through September. It's got a couple of real advantages. It's A, not super hot, mm -hmm. which is good. And um, B, the vegetation is dry. So it's not very lush, but you can see the animals better. Okay. So they have less leaves and things to hide. And also, because it's been dry all summer and before the rains of the winter set in, you know, the animals gather at the water holes and they're much easier to track down and actually see. So they're less distributed. Mm -hmm. So that's literally your best time. Okay, so let's talk costs. What do I need a budget for to make this trip happen? If you're thinking about $1,500 for your airline tickets, probably from anywhere in the world, mm -hmm. um, round trip. Right. And then you have your vehicle rental. Now, our vehicle was a fairly high-end vehicle. We uh -huh. may not have needed as much of a vehicle for just doing Kruger. I would say you can, for two weeks, you can, you're probably looking at about $1,500 to thousand max. Okay. Remember that that's also then your, your house. Right. You have all of your, your kitchen there. There's an outdoor shower if you want it. You have a pop-up um, roof that has a bed underneath. You have solar, you have shade. It's literally just all in one sort of wrapped up. So it's gonna be hashtag van life Africa. Yeah, indeed. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's a very popular way to travel in South Africa. And, and to enter into the, the park, how much does that cost? So I'm not sure exactly how much it costs because what we did is we bought the wild card. The wild card, tell me more. The wild card is the annual pass for the South African National Parks. Uh-huh. And I think it cost us like $100 for, it's, it's a yearly pass. Uh-huh. Um, and it was actually cheaper to buy that than pay the daily conservation fee for Kruger every single day that we're in the park. Oh. So it's actually a good idea to just buy that. And then you can go to other parks using that pass. Yep. 
Exactly. Yep. And uh, what about the language? Um, so South Africa has 11 different languages. Uh-huh. English is only the second language. Uh, Afrikaans is your most spoken language. Mm-hmm. It's somewhere a mix between Dutch and Flemish or something. It's, it's difficult to understand if you're not native or fluent. And then there's nine more African languages. So there's Sulu and Sosa and a bunch of others. Were you able to get around okay? Yeah, we were able to get around just fine. Mm-hmm. With English, you're fine, particularly if you're sticking to um, heavily tourist places like Kruger. Uh-huh. Now, what about safety? Did you feel safe I, in, in the city and outside of Kruger National Park absolutely. and in the park? Absolutely. I felt absolutely safe. Yeah, I felt as safe as I was here in the United States. Now, what about shots? What What do you need to to prepare? Yeah, you should definitely get a typhoid shot. Uh-huh. If, you, if your doctor recommends it, yellow fever, although... Um, we opted not to take yellow fever. Um, and then Kruger is one of the very few places in South Africa that you actually want to have some malaria protection. Um, particularly in the wet season, there is a significant amount of mosquitoes, uh-huh. which again makes it also a better um, choice to go during the dry season. Got it. Did you have to sleep with mosquito nets around you? or No. No, there were actually very few mosquitoes around because we were there in the dry season. And did you take like malaria pills or how? Okay. Do you yeah. get a shot for malaria too or it's just a pill? It's just a pill. Okay. Yeah. How do you plan for this kind of adventure? <laughs> far in advance. Okay. So how far in advance? <laughs> um, I would say you should start planning a good nine months in advance. Okay. Um, most this of, isn't, I'm going to go next month to South Africa. No, it's not something that you can do spontaneously. Okay. Mostly because the accommodations inside Kruger National Park are so limited um, that some, you know, camps, they sell out nine to 12 months out. Mm-hmm. So you want to, as soon as you have just made that decision that you want to go, um, you automatically want to go in and lock down your accommodations. Um, luckily, Sand Parks, Sand, Sand, uh, South African National Parks, has a great website and a really good system. Mm-hmm. And you can go in and you can book everything online. And we'll make sure we put links uh, to these in the show notes. So visit the website after. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other any other planning or or additional information you should know about visiting Kruger National Park? That it's just a otherworldly experience and that you come away feeling very humbled that you're privileged to be on the same planet as a lot of these animals. And if you really take the time to, you know, just sit and watch them, you have you you recognize that they have very intricate social lives. Uh, for example, one day um, I was sitting above a river, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there was a a large herd, probably about a hundred elephants, who were coming down to drink from the water, and I just sat there and watched them, and it was fascinating 
to just see them play and drink and um, just their little social interactions that they had and they made this hole that uh, where they could like you know uh, put mud all over them and it was fascinating I felt so humbled just Mm -hmm. to be in their presence because they're so big and they just are so serene and majestic and yeah, they, they're non-aggressive. Mm. And, um, and the thought that they're being poached just for their ivory is, uh, is really heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so Kruger National Park, this is an experience that you should have. And this has been your how-to guide to make that experience happen. Thank you, Simone. I really appreciate you coming and talking with us today. Oh, thank you, Gail, for having me. Of course. (laughs) All right. And uh, visit us at experiencesyoushouldhave.com. And remember to review us on iTunes. Thank you so much.